This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12 the zone. You won't even answer that off the air. You're no fun. I know. I'm not. You're a stick in the mud. We're going to talk uh, a little New York Jets football. And no, Kevin Graham has not come back to the market. We're going to talk about Zach Wilson. We should talk to Kevin about what he thinks about this. We did. When did we do that? When you were in Hawaii. Oh. Or wherever you went. I guess you didn't go to Hawaii this last time, but when you were on vacation, you okay. talked to Kevin. What did he say? Uh, he thinks the Jets will ruin him. <laughs> he's a classic Jets fan, yeah, after all. Yeah, he's. I mean, in all seriousness, I think he hopes it works out, but, you know, he's seen a lot not work out as a longtime Jets fan. So, who knows? Uh, but let's uh, now get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah is in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property that is concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at SmartRain.net. He covers the Jets for the US, uh, for excuse me for the New York Post. He is Brian Costello with us here on the Big Show. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Uh, I'm assuming on a slow news day in New York like today, uh, Zach Wilson's probably right out front, yeah? <laughs> uh, he's getting some cover. He's getting a little bit of cover from the, the governor right now, yeah. <laughs> and also in the sports world, the Mets, have, uh, the Mets have given Zach a lot of cover, too. He's gotten a lot of attention. So, mm. yeah, he's uh, he, the spotlight isn't quite as bright as it's going to be on him yet. So, well, Brian, what's the deal with Zach? What's going on by your observation? He's a rookie, you know. Uh, it's he's and he's got a lot on his plate. Like this is not a situation like Justin Fields is in, where you know. And I'm not seeing Bears camp, but I have to imagine that Andy Dalton is primarily getting the first team reps, and Justin Fields is getting to play against second teamers, maybe third teamers. Zach is facing starting defense, and the Jets aren't the '85 Bears on defense, but they're professionals. Um, and when in training camp. If you face the second team and the third team, you're facing guys who are going to be out of the NFL in a month. When you're playing the first team, these guys are some pretty good players. So the way the Jets have set this up, there's no safety net. Zach's a guy. And he's getting thrown into the fire, and that's difficult. I think he's had probably uh, – well, he missed the first two practices. So he's probably had about eight practices so far. And it's a really small sample size. Um, the Jets are still happy with what they're seeing. It's just – Results-wise, he's not tearing it up right now, but the Jets aren't really concerned. How's he handling it? I mean, it's one thing to be a rookie quarterback in the NFL, another thing to be in the Big Apple. How's it going for him, I guess, from that standpoint? Yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're going to talk to him every day. So uh, he talked after they did a scrimmage in the stadium on Saturday night. He really didn't do well in that scrimmage. And he seemed a little down after that when we talked to him. Uh, he seemed a little upset with himself, but... Robert Sala today said he's, he's handled everything well. He's pretty good at shutting out the outside noise. They like the way his approach has been and his demeanor. Um, so you guys probably know better than I do how he handles this stuff. But he seems he seems okay so far. Um, and on, they, they play the Giants on Saturday, so that would be his first preseason game. And that's another kind of box to check and see how he does there. And if he really – I don't know how long he's going to play in that game, but if he has some major struggles in that one – then the noise is going to get a little bit louder here. I like the way you said that, Brian. There's no safety net. I mean, he is QB1, and that's the yep. way it is, and that's the way the Jets have uh, determined to do it. Let me yeah. uh, answer this. Are there glimpses of him once he gets a little more understanding and a little more experiences? Are there glimpses that he can be promising? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, the way the ball comes out of his hands, you know, he he, he can flick it really far. Uh, he can throw with with ease. Uh, you can see that. You can see the natural talent. The other thing I would say about training camp is, you know, the quarterbacks can't be hit, right? So once a guy comes near him and usually, like, they touch him on the shoulder, the play is over um, or he throws away. Like, 
there's no running. There's no scrambling. There's none, none of the athletic ability that Zach showed at BYU that made him the number two pick of the draft is really on display in training camp in terms of using his legs. His arm, obviously, is on display. But Zach's pretty good at moving and, and throwing off crazy platforms and running with the ball if he has to. That doesn't happen in training camp because they don't want him to do that. right? They want him to just concentrate on um, basically executing the play the way it's drawn in the playbook. That, I don't think that's Zach's strength. So I think this isn't exactly conducive to him right now, and I think we'll see more, uh, you know, a little bit in the preseason games, and then when we have the regular season games, you know, you'll get to see some of that on display a little bit more. But right now they want him to kind of run the offense the way it's supposed to be drawn up. Brian Costello with us from the New York Post. He covers the Jets. And, uh, Brian, you know, his draft was coming up. Uh, I threw the hot take out there, honestly, anywhere but the Jets, because as a Mm. casual NFL fan, I've seen the Jets spin their wheels for a while. And optimistic BYU fans always gave me feedback, said, hold the phone. They've got a new regime there in New York that uh, could get in there and do it the right way. And so with that in mind, tell us a little bit about uh, the, the regime in place for the Jets and their ability to surround Zach with a good team yeah there's a lot of optimism here uh you know i take a wait and see approach or i see it but the gm joe douglas uh, has been on the job now for two years but it's been weird uh because the first year he got hired in june which there's not a lot you can do with a gm in june in the nfl you know the draft was over for him he was over so you really couldn't affect that team very much uh and then last year he added makai beckett in the draft which he looks like he's gonna be a good pick the rest of it there's some question marks and this year i thought he had a really good draft uh, and I thought he did pretty well in free agency. So the roster is definitely better this year than it's been. Uh, Robert Sala has a commanding presence about him. He's a good communicator. You know, we'll see if he can win football games now. Uh, you know, my opinion is it's more the players are a lot more important than the coaches. We tend to focus on the coaches, and I think the last few coaches here didn't have a chance because of the quality of the roster. So, uh, you know, I think the Jets are hoping – that they're turning a corner here, but this season is going to be rough. There's, this season is not going to be a good season for the Jets. They, they, don't, they just don't have enough yet. Uh, I think they're hoping that this year could kind of be a transition year where Zach gets his feet wet, gets ready, and then next year they can build more around him. Um, I'll say this, he already they've already done a better job building around him than they did around Sam Darnold because Elijah Moore, the second-round pick from Ole Miss, looks like the real deal. He looks like a very good receiver. They added Corey Davis in free agency, who he's, he's a good receiver. They drafted a left guard in the first round to protect Zach. They signed Morgan Moses in June, who's a good, pretty good right tackle. So they're already doing, doing a better job around Zach Wilson than they did around Sam Darnold. I like the quotes from Salah. He said that uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better, Brian. <laughs> yeah. And, and then he talked yeah, about he talked about Peyton Manning and how he had a yeah. 71 QB rating his rookie uh, year, all that. I suppose it's true. I mean, I, mean, I wish I had a dollar for every time I heard a Jets coach quote Peyton Manning's rookie statistics, to be honest with you. I think I heard that when Mark Sanchez was the quarterback. I heard it when Geno Smith was the quarterback. I heard it when Sam Darrell was the quarterback. I laughed when Salah went down that road the other day. I mean, there's very few Peyton Mannings out there. So, um, yeah, I thought Salah's quotes were pretty good. Like like I said, you know, because in my mind, it's like, huh, what did Darnold look like at this point, right? I was trying to think of that. But Darnold at this point had Josh McCown and Teddy Bridgewater in training camp with him. So they were dividing the reps. Sam got some first-team reps, but he was also getting some time with second team and even third team where he could swing it around, and he was a different level of player than the guys he was going up against. Uh, and then eventually they phased those two guys out, especially Josh McCown. They, they cut his reps back and increased Sam's. But that wasn't until maybe the second or third preseason game around there. So, you know, Zach got thrown right into the fire. He, you know, he wasn't in camp for the first two days as they worked out his contract. But then that third day, he was out there, first-team reps, boom. Um, you know, he had no time to really – he has no time to really get his feet wet. It's just he's just getting thrown right in. So, um, you know, I, I like like Salah said, it's going to get worse before it gets better. It's also tough learning the offense right away. I think the defense always has an advantage. They're just flying around out there. The offense is a lot more to think about, and he's thinking right now. You can see his process is a little slow. He's thinking a lot about what he's doing. So, you know, we'll see. The, the season's a month away still. Um, you know, we'll see where he is in a few weeks. How are his teammates reacting to him? They like him. You know, so far they they they've really reacted well. They 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 like what they see. Um, you know, he's not coming into a veteran team, which I think is helpful. 
There's a lot of new guys on this team. There's a lot, they're very, they're a very, very young team. They've got very few guys over 30 on this team. Uh, and a lot of the rookies are going to start. The guys that are with him, they're going to have, or at least have prominent roles uh, on this team. So I think that helps him too because he's young and he looks young. <laughs> so I, I think walking in that room, if you're, if he was walking into a team with a bunch of 30 year olds, it might be a little tougher for him. But that's not the Jets right now. They're, they are very much a team in transition. They're a very young team. So uh, I think he's doing well with his teammates. Mentioned Sam Darn a little, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit. Uh, you covered him. What do you think uh, are his chances of proving himself to be a pretty good cornerback in Carolina? I think he'll be better than he was with the Jets uh, with a better team around him. Um, but I don't think Sam is ever going to be like a top five quarterback or anything like that I, I you know i think you can the line i've used a lot i've written a lot is you can win with sam donald you're not going to win because of him so if they surround him with a really good team and they give him a good offensive line and he's obviously got christian mccaffrey behind him who's one of the best running backs in the nfl that's going to look better than what he had with the jets now uh, you know just just doing that but um you know i wouldn't i would not be surprised if carolina has a different starting quarterback in 2022 either that, that won't shock me so, Brian, come what may, and it sounds like they're expecting this to be uh, a developmental year, um, is there any scenario uh, other than injury under which they would uh, go sign a veteran um, to help? I don't think so. I think we're way past that point. You know, because I think they even considered keeping Sam Donald and drafting Zach, but they were they went down the road of saying, okay, well, you know, we want to hand the keys to him. We don't want any controversy. You know, they didn't want any split in the locker room or anything like that. So, and I think they've gone to an extreme because I think there's guys you can sign. You know, Sam Donald, that would have been a controversy. That would have been a, a quarterback thing. But they, if they had signed a veteran, if they brought back Joe Flacco, for instance, he was on the Jets last year, you know, it would have been clear that Zach was number one, but Flacco was there as a safety net, a term I used before. Uh, now they have Mike White in his backup who's never played in the NFL. Um, so, I, you know, I don't see any scenario where they're signing a veteran quarterback to come in and, and compete with him or, you know, even be a more prominent number two behind him. What did you think about the revelation that Zach Wilson offered to pay his mom to stay off social media and she said no? <laughs> I think it's probably wise. <laughs> <laughs> he needs her to say yes and not yes. say no. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so far uh, she stayed away from the Jets so far because for me it's like, I can kind of ignore her, what she's doing on social media until she starts griping about the Jets. Then, then I won't be able to ignore it anymore. So I'm hoping she doesn't get to that point. So, Brian, you've seen a lot of football in your day. Uh, let me ask you an impossible question to answer, but I, I lean on your expertise a little bit here. If you were a betting man, would you think that it's going to work out for, for Wilson in, in this yeah, scenario, in the long run? That's impossible, like you said. I mean, because look – like I, I see a lot of young quarterbacks here, right? And Mark Sanchez, the two first two years here, they went to the AFC Championship team. Now, for portions of those two years, Mark was along for the ride, right? They had, they had the number one defense, they had the number one rushing offense his first year, but he had some, you know, he had some something to do with it during those championship games. And so at that time, you were like, okay, they got their guy, and then it completely fell apart for Mark here. And you know, Mark is now remembered from one horrible play, basically, and not, not not what he did early in his career. So, and then you know, you saw it with Sam. Even though I don't think Sam is going to be a superstar, he was hurt here by the way they built around him. So it's just, it's just too many variables. And I think people, I saw some hot take artist today, right? The Jets made a mistake with Zach Wilson, and this I looked at it, and this person has not been to one training camp practice, nothing. <laughs> they made this conclusion. It's way too early. It's the top of the first inning of a baseball game right now. So, uh, yeah, I know you want an answer. I'm not going to give you that. That's an impossible question to answer, right? And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet either way, right? It's wait and see. Um, you know, I think the Jets have shown some good signs, like I said, of building around him, uh, but that has to continue. Uh, and there's just, you know, there's so many variables that go into that. See, Brian, we like to hit you with the impossible questions yeah. at the end. You know, we, <laughs> we set you up with the softballs, and then, bam, we hit you with yeah. the real hard ones at the end. All right, now, Brian, let me follow that up with another difficult question. What's the overall mood in New York right now over what's happening with the governor? Uh, I wish I could give you a better answer than that. I was at Jeff's training camp all day. <laughs> so I, I, wasn't, I mean, I think it's felt um, inevitable for the last 
how a week, whatever, since the report came out, uh, that it was going to happen. I was a little surprised it happened as quickly as it did. Just Cuomo's kind of attitude, and he, he likes to fight. And I read his resignation statement today, and he was basically saying, I didn't do anything wrong, but I'm going to resign anyway because of politics. But So, uh, you know, I think it, there's not a lot of surprise here. Um, but it's kind of shocking when you think about where he was about uh, 14 months ago. I mean, he was really, when the COVID crisis first started here, he was a very popular guy, and he got a lot of praise for how he handled it initially. And it's been quite a fall since then, um, since, you know, April of last year. Brian, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, Brian Costello uh, covers the Jets for the New York Post. Uh, Hans is going to jump on with us for Bowler is going to be on with us at five. And, uh, you know, you, you can tell Brian's been doing this for a little while because he does. He has a very even keeled take on the situation, a little dose of reality, which I think is probably helpful in a market like that in that type of situation. Every quote I've seen from the Jets is that they expected this. They expected it to be somewhat turbulent early on. There have been some high moments and there have been some low moments. I mean, apparently Wilson threw in a double coverage in the end zone and got picked off during Jets practice. Twice. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's way too early. I, I can't think of very many jobs in sports that are more difficult than becoming a pro quarterback. So let me – can I ask you a question on that? I, I think you're right. So if you were a GM, you were general manager Gordon Monson, because you heard Brian say that the Jets considered keeping Darnold and draft, drafting Wilson. If you were a general manager in a complete rebuild like the Jets are, a perpetual rebuild, but a complete rebuild nonetheless, would you bring the quarterback along slowly, let him get a season at least, riding the pine, learning the ropes – or would you do what the Jets are doing, take away the safety net and just throw them into the deep end? I have no problem with what the Jets are doing as long as they mean what they say. So what would you do, though? Uh, I probably would have signed a veteran somewhere. I, I, I still might have made Zach Wilson QB1, but I would have had a safety net just in case. Now, the Jets didn't want to do that, and the reason they didn't want to do it is because they want Zach to be their guy no matter what. And they don't want anybody else crying for somebody else. I don't think anybody in New York is crying for Mike White. You know? He's never played it down in the NFL. And so how is that any better than Zach Wilson? And Zach Wilson has more talent. And so that's the way they wanted to build it. And this is what I would expect in this season. If Zach can stay healthy. uh, I would expect him to start out bumping and skidding. And as the season wears on, I would expect him to start to show some improvement. Because I I read uh, a thing that Aaron Rodgers did once about everything a quarterback has to do in the NFL uh, from the time the the play is called to the the snap of the ball. And, Jake, I mean, you might as well study calculus. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on there. There's all kinds of responsibility and I don't know whether a young kid can come in and just grab a hold of that. I mean, we talked about how Peyton Manning struggled as a rookie. Um, not that anybody thinks Zach is going to be Peyton, but what, I mean, what, can you think of a rookie quarterback who started from day one who was just really good? Mm, Justin Herbert was pretty good last yeah. year. But, um, well, I guess it comes down to a roster building thing. I I would agree with you that if I were the Jets, I'd have a veteran and not operate with uh, without a safety net. But when it comes to roster building in the NFL, I'm not so sure that the quarterback is the first thing you draft when you're in the middle of a complete rebuild. And and bear with me here for a second, because if I'm if I'm looking at the the roster building model in the NFL right now, I'm probably looking at the Chiefs. You're beginning at the favorites. You probably wouldn't disagree with that, right? And what did the Chiefs do? <laughs> the Chiefs built the rest of the roster first. They had a suitable quarterback there and were a pretty good team. Then they drafted their next quarterback, sat him down to learn from the veteran, who, mm-hmm. to the veteran's credit, and Alex Smith actually was interested in teaching his replacement. And which everybody is, knew that his replacement was going to be yeah, good. which is a fairly noble thing. Andy Reid took care of Alex Smith by finding him a great landing spot with a great payday. So it kind of worked out well for everybody. 
but it wasn't like when the Chiefs rebuilt when Andy Reid first got there. They drafted their quarterback and then built around that. They built the team and then eventually found their quarterback. I might I might look that direction if I were in a team like the Jets circumstance cuz I don't I I expect Zach Wilson to stink all year and I think it <laughs> will be not necessarily his fault. I think it'll be circumstantial and that his team's going to stink. And what good does that do him necessarily? Whereas Patrick Mahomes learned under a good quarterback and was put into position to succeed from day one. He took that starting job. He had the tools he needed to become a great quarterback. And obviously the rest is history so far. And I wonder if I were an NFL GM, if, if drafting a quarterback would be my first move in a rebuild. I think you could do it either way. I mean, I don't think there's just one way to do it. I, I think Zach is probably mentally strong enough to be able to handle this. Uh, and, but, but, and, and it sounds to me like his coach is telling him every day, don't worry about it. Just keep studying, keep growing, and we're not going to worry about this because it's a long-term deal. I wonder, how's Trevor Lawrence doing? How, how, how are the other guys? How's, how's Justin Fields and Trey Lance? How are those guys doing? Well, <clears throat> I mean, they do have some veteran help, at least Trey Lance does and uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, they have better teams. I don't expect much from Lawrence either. So do you think, uh, based on your, your uh, opinion there, do you think that uh, it's, it, you can ruin your quarterback? Yes. Even if he's really good? Yes. And even if he's mentally tough? Yes. I, I think if you build sort of a shell around him, you might be able to, based on that, because the coach is sitting there barking at the quarterback all the time. What's the matter with you? We're giving you an opportunity. And you're throwing into double coverage in the end zone and getting picked off. What are you doing that for? That's, uh, that could kill a quarterback. But if, you, if, you're, if, the, if the coach comes over and says, hey, man, okay, let's look at what you did there. And let's look at how you can grow from that. It always comes down to the soft language with you. No, I just think... You just that, soften that, the language and it'll be fine. No, you teach instead of scream. But that's... The NFL's not about teaching. Well, uh, <laughs> when you draft a quarterback in the, with a second overall pick and you've got a sucky team and you don't have a veteran quarterback alongside, you're expecting to suck. Well, the Jets ruined Sam Darnold. So yeah, you, but that, that was a different group. Yeah, but look no further than the quarterback he's replacing. Can you ruin a quarterback by throwing him into the deep end? One hundred percent. Well, yeah, yeah, but again, if you if you handle it the right way, I don't know how they handled it with Darnold. I don't know, but either. they didn't surround him with any players, and then make the determination he sucks, and then throw him on the scrap heap. All right. Well, we'll see. I, I just think it's possible to do what the Jets are doing with Wilson, as long as. As long as he's not being beaten down by the coaches. Uh, and uh, look, the fans might react a certain way, but this is total overreaction at this point in time. The guy's been, what, in seven practices, and people are saying, ah, Wilson looks ugly. What's that? Come on. Wasn't it last week that you were saying everyone was saying Wilson looked great? No, I didn't say that. You said that's what they were reports were coming Well, I the said practice. that there were a couple of plays that he made that looked really good. All right, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Maybe things haven't been going so well for you in the bedroom. That's why Wasatch Medical Clinic is here. What's up, Andrew? Hey, that's right. And maybe you're feeling like this shouldn't be happening to you. You're too young to be struggling in the bedroom with erectile dysfunction. And I bet that most of your friends are also struggling too. So you don't have to worry as much as you think. It's so normal. And what I see is that guys do nothing. And it's pretty interesting because our phones ring a lot, and it's the spouse. And they generally say, my man has ED. Uh, I don't know how to talk to him about it. What do I do about this? And I, I kind of, even though I know it's a painful situation, I love to see spouses that want a solution to this. It's so important to the relationship. So... Uh, this is a great thing that we're doing with the technology because guys don't have to take the pill. And they tell us time and time again, what a relief. The stress melts away when the blood flows properly. They don't have to rely on the pill with the side effects. And they get more of that spontaneity back, which ultimately 
does improve the relationship. That's got to be a big thing, right? The spontaneity. Get back. Turn back the clock. Yes. On-demand function. We don't want to pause in the bedroom and take a pill or worry about the timing around it. And that has been the only option since the early 90s. And uh, according to one clinical study saying this is the new standard of care for erectile dysfunction, I think the pill will someday be a thing of the past. Uh, And this is a technology that really is the future. So if you're frustrated, just imagine two to three weeks from now, what your relationship might look like if ED were no longer an issue and the pills were gone. Uh, pretty great thing. Uh, pretty great things for most relationships. 801-901-8000. Get in. Get on the schedule. See the doctor. And you're going to take extra special care of our listeners, I'm sure. There's a lot of value today. And you can take the free if you like. And uh, you don't have to do treatments, of course. You'll meet with our doctor for free. He'll do the exam and blood flow ultrasound. Uh, you get the gift that produces powerful results in the bedroom. I'm, I'm yet to hear of a failure with that, frankly. It's really great, uh, and it's all totally no charge. 801-901-8000, Wasatch 801-901-8000, Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Time to talk NBA free agency and Utah Jazz with Andy Bailey, NBA analyst and writer for Bleacher Reports. So who do you think was more important of an acquisition, Gay or Whiteside? What Gay does is offer some versatility. He'll probably spend most of his time at the four, which is what he's done with San Antonio. I think he has the size and the strength now later in his career to counter some of those small ball lineups. And they can go two through five, really even one through five. Really switchable if you have Mitchell at the one with his wingspan and a bunch of those interchangeable wings flash forward types like Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, Bogdanovich, Gay. If you're playing that lineup against the small ball lineup for five, ten minutes, I think you can now counter that punch, which they couldn't really do last season. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Camp's underway for the Cougs. It's another camp update here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Of course, Tyler Algier is expected to do big things for the Cougs on the ground this year. Kalani Satake talked about the approach at the running back position. We'll see if our biggest problem with the running back room and other position groups is that how are we going to get enough reps for all of them, then that's a great problem to have. We'll figure it out. I, I know that they're all great teammates, and you watch them, the way they work together. They're competing for, for reps, obviously, and for carries and for game time, but they're really close friends. Those guys all love each other, and they're following the leadership that you're seeing from Tyler and from Lopini, so it'd be nice to have that, that problem in every position group. We're talking Cougar college football at the bottom of every hour. This update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. If you're working from home or with a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner, Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire, every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's a Total Request Tuesday. Songs about getting better. We're working to get things better. And Austin, uh, you had a request. This is a replacement for the request? Yeah, uh, Bill Bob, a friend, sent in uh, Getting Better by the Beatles. We had already mentioned it and talked about it, so I just went with another Feel Better, Getting Better Beatles. All right. All right. That works. Um, Gordon, we have an update to a story that we talked about yesterday. Okay. Uh, coming from the Olympics, uh, we we uh, well, I showed you a video of a French <laughs> runner in the marathon who he was let me know if I don't describe this well let me try and describe okay. it real quick for our listeners so draw the, yeah paint the picture uh, so they're they're running he's in the pack he's not leading per se but he's you know in front of a bunch of runners right there's a table 
that is covered in water bottles, a line of water bottles for all the runners, and they're grabbing them as they go by. Parallel to the, to to the, the race. To course. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have to stop running to grab the water. You grab the water, you drink it, and then you toss the water bottle, and somebody else picks it up later. So as the pack's running by, you see this arm reach out for the water bottles and knocks over every water bottle on the table until he gets to the last one, then picks it up for himself. And in the clip, Gordon, you can see the people behind him, right, kind of reaching and going, what, 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 huh, yep. as they press on. Mm-hmm. And you called this a uh, scurvy move. Yes, indeed. Um, you call, And Austin called it savvy. Austin called it savvy. I think it's debatable. It's, it's. Show me the rule. It's, uh, uh, let me, let's see, it's, uh, it's. It's, questionable? It's questionable at best. There you go. Thank well, you, Austin. Look, not only that, but it's, it's, we're in a drought, you know? In there's Tokyo? Glo- there's global warming. You know, you, you, you got to- All right, Greta Thunberg. Let's get back to conserve sports Conserve water. Is Tokyo in a drought? I have I no I idea. I have no idea either. I don't even know if this was run in Tokyo, to be honest. In Japan somewhere. Uh, well, Gordon, he's- uh, come out with an explanation. Oh, did he? Now? Okay. Do we know where he finished, by the way? I'm not sure. Actually. Lloyd thinks it was like 17th. Mm. Uh, he said the bottles were slippery. <laughs> uh, he added this. He said, quote, with the fatigue, I started bit by bit to lose lucidity, lucidity and energy in hanging on. So I really want to apologize to the athletes. But at one moment, I tried to get a hold of a water bottle. I made them all fall. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. Look. Um, so he whiffed on like 20 bottles and he got the last one. <laughs> he knocks he knocks over like 20. You're right. Yeah. I think your estimate's pretty on right there. He does. He knocks over like 20 bottles and grabs the last one. He wasn't he wasn't either, he wasn't like stabbing at it either, right? No, if you're he using was, something slippery, was, you know, you're kind of stabbing it, at no, it. No, it was a swiping motion. <laughs> Just all the way down the line. That's such an interesting move. How desperate do you have to be to even try something like that? What I'd like to know is how did he think he would get away with that without anyone noticing? <laughs> he just grabs the last one. Too. I don't know. That last, I don't know one was, these... that last grab was quite secure. How how do you know what these runners get away with, actually? You know, this, this guy got caught this time, but who knows what these runners are doing? <laughs> Haven't you read the stories about the marathon runners that get into a cab and drive to the yes. finish line and then yeah. jump out and then jump back into the race? Mm. Rosie, what's her name, yeah. at the Boston, the Boston Marathon. marathon. Yeah, yeah, they get that. away with it. Didn't she get away no. with it? No, like, years. Yeah, right. Well, no. I think so. I don't think it lasted that long. I think it was just a little while. I'm with Austin. I thought she got away with it more than once. Mm. We'd have to go back. Uh, anyway, she, she did get away with it for a time. But how do you miss that? One of your racers ducking off the course, getting into a cab, going to the other side of town, getting out of the cab, and then just at the right moment, jumping into the race? How do you miss that? Not even sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> Not even breaking a sweat. Boy, that's that, tough. What, is that a savvy move, too, Austin? Show me the rule. You where's the, where's the rule? Yeah, I've, I've not seen it in ink. Oh, I think it's in the rule book. <laughs> There's a rule book for running now? I'm sure know. there is. Be like Gordon jumping into a handsome cab. To the finish line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On, Rusty. <laughs> You know they don't. Can I get a receipt, by the way? You know, now that they don't have handsome cabs anymore, is that joke still funny? It is. I think so, too. <laughs> I didn't even know anybody called it that. There, I've seen rickshaws still. Rickshaws is around, but the, the handsome cabs, at least here, they've been gone for a while. Yeah, it was not the best for the horse, I don't think. This was Denver. It wasn't a handsome cab, anyway. It was a guy on a bike. Still. <laughs> they still have that here. The, the bike taxi? Yeah. Have you ever been on? Uh, no, you have. Jake, have you ever been on a bike taxi? Not here, but in you a different city. You just feel horrible about yourself. About the, guy, do, yeah. the guy sweating it while he's, while yeah. he's pedaling when you I around. I was lost. <laughs> I was lost in a big city. Ask him for directions. Don't say, onward, young sir. <laughs> and, well, he's sitting there. He's sitting there. I said, okay. And Denver is not exactly Mexico City. <laughs> and weren't you looking for the biggest building in town? No. 
It was just a building. It, I thought it was the arena. No. It says here, I was uh, coming the from Pepsi the arena. Center. Oh, okay. okay, let me, let me, now I've got to reconstruct what all this nonsense. I was coming from the Pepsi Center, and I asked another media member for a ride to a place where I was meeting people like DJ and PK. Because and, it was dark, and I didn't know where it was exactly. And so he said, I'll give you a ride. And so he takes me part way and then says, I got to drop you off here because I got to go over this way. And so here I am in the middle of town. I don't know where I am. And so I get out of the car and I start walking along and I'm going, I don't know if I'm going in where, you know, and I saw, I saw the guy with the, with the, with the bike and the, the seat. So Oi, horseman! I said, I, I said, hey, do you know where wherever this place is? And he said, yeah, I know where that is. I said, okay. He said, I'll give you a ride. Because I seem to remember DJ and PK telling this story differently. That's like you, they're so like, full like of crap. clop, that's, clop, clop, no, clop, 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 and then asking the guy for an itemized receipt. Uh, I, I, I have, I have to never charged it I, to the trim. Well, that's he, right. he was charging me like twenty-five bucks. Okay, so look. You had to was, pedal your arse. It was not a horse. <laughs> Anybody who said that is so full of crap. Is it better if it was a human? Well, yeah. I wanted it to, is. It's spurring the economy. It's not as funny as a horse. I'm sure. Like I'm the handsome cab is sure way more funny. Guy in a top you know, hat yeah, and right. tucks tails. It's and... supposed to be for like romantic couples, and here's Gordon pulling up like, hey, guys. Who's ready for dinner? <laughs> Not true. Did, you, did the guy take off his hat to, so you could tip him? <laughs> there was no horse in Governor? It's a bike. We've arrived, Your Honor. Uh, I've been to Denver. It's not that hard to find your way around. Well, it was like midnight, and I didn't know. It was dark. I didn't know where I was. It was snowing. Midnight. Snowing? Where were, where were you, you made a guy pedal a bike in snow? Oh, yeah. That's one of the best parts of the story. It was, it was working. It was pouring snow. And anyway, while you guys were meeting to go somewhere, you're going the the Glitter Gulch or something? What are, <laughs> what are you doing if it's midnight? No, what I are you don't know what time meeting it was. up it to go after, do something? It was after a game. It was late. I don't know. PK, this get the ones. I'll be right there. I gotta <laughs> no. I gotta hail a handsome cab. I'll no, see you in a minute. Stop it. <laughs> this is so typical. This is, in fact, this is underscores everything I've ever said about what you guys you do. You, Stagecoach! You, you, you fabricate these stories that are absolutely untrue. And that one is clop, clop, clop. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> That'll be 20 bucks, governor. <laughs> so much more funny as a handsome cab. It was not. I've, right. I've never been in, on one of those. Never. It's not what some sources Easy, say. boy. There's Easy. always some sources. Your sources suck. Like being taken up four parking spaces. Oh, uh, my at one source time. is right Where are on your the money. Source is ridiculous. Parking stall lines right are merely suggestions. That, that's ridiculous. I mean, come on. This source is ironclad. No, no way. Just oh, just like the handsome cab. Well, true. Those sources might have told it a little bit differently, and I ran with the interpretation. But in 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 this case, I reported the facts cor- correctly. No. Correctly. No, no. You know who would never expense a handsome cab ride? Kurt Cragthorpe. True. Oh, uh, well, he probably would have walked uh, all the way around Denver, you know, and uh, not. I, I one time we were in New Orleans, I think, and he was walking from the, the Superdome over to the hotel. And it was like a six and a half mile walk. What are you doing, Kurt? <sighs> Do you think he did that just to irritate you? Those no, sorts of things? no, no. He just, you know, he. He, Gordon just makes his picks and tells me what's left over. He's, he's he's living his life, man. That's how he feels comfortable. He smiled a little bit, though, when you turned in receipts for the Ritz, and he's <laughs> staying at the Econo Lodge. Well, in I fact, mean, in fact, that's Kurt, an exaggeration, but it's not that far off. In fact, Kurt's the dude who would, as long as he was going to the stadium anyway, pedal the rickshaw to make a little extra dough on his way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. 
That's it. You can imagine pulling up to a pulling up to the Rose Bowl or something, seeing Kurt taking a tip, getting off the rickshaw. I, you know, I've oh. never I've never really uh, known this, but he, I've never heard the story. But I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Kurt like, hitchhiked <laughs> from a game or to a game. All right, stay tuned. We've got a market update coming up next. Hans will join us at the top of the (laughs) 4 o'clock hour. Bowler at 5. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON on your home of the the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys. Jake here from my friends at Peach Window and Door. They are locally owned and operated. They are passionate Utah jazz fans and no big deal. They've been Utah's premier window and door retailer combining beauty and technology on windows and doors since 1993. Custom is no problem for the good folks at Peach. If you can dream it, they can do it. Trust me, they just want to prove it to you. In fact, they are a turnkey window and door company. Their whole goal is to create satisfied customers. And here's how they do it. They don't do uh, high-pressure sales. Like I said, they just want you to give what you want. They don't do the subcontractor thing, which means no ghosting. They'll sell you the windows and doors, high-quality stuff. Their crews uh, will install them and back them up with guarantees designed to bring peace of mind to satisfied customers. They believe in customer service. They will talk to you. They will interact with you. They will make sure you are happy. What a concept. I know it's absent out there, but the good folks at Peach live by this stuff. They offer 0% interest uh, financing. They have free in-home estimates as well. So get the ball rolling. Go to peachbuildingproducts.com. Find out why they have over 255-star reviews on Google. Go by their beautiful showroom. It's amazing. 2940 South 300 West. See for yourself what they can do. Or call and schedule one of those in-home estimates. 801-566-1255. That's 801-566-1255. Peach Window and Door. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Utah camp rolls on up on the hill. Of course, the offense is going to be a big topic of conversation, but uh, the Utes should have a room full of very capable tight ends. Coach Kyle Whittingham gives a breakdown of the group. The tight end group is is really uh, productive for us. Between Brant, Dalton Kincaid, Cole Fotheringham's doing a great job. And Thomas Yasmin really made a move. He's uh, really showing up. He's, the light switch has gone on for Thomas. Gordon, that's a position group you expect a lot out of, I know. Yes, no doubt about it. This huge update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks, working from home or uh, with a hybrid workforce. Get a powerful IT partner uh, with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or go to syringanetworks.net. is the Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire, every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This one goes out to Gary on a total request Tuesday. It's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a market update. Brought to you by our friends at TryDayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TryDayTrading.com. How did the markets do today, Gordon? The markets were mixed a little, but uh, you would expect on a day where Congress passes a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that it might have a, a, a solid effect on on the Dow, and it did. Wait, Dow- hold on. They didn't pass it. The Senate did, right? Well, yeah, whatever. It's well, approved. I don't think it's going to make it out of Congress. It's not approved. I thought it was approved. No, the Senate approved it. It still has to go through Nancy, who's holding it up. Well, the stock market uh, reacted to it. Well, I guess that's good news. So the Dow was up uh, nearly 163 points. That looks good. The NASDAQ, however... 
was down 72. What's the matter with you? And the S&P up uh, four and a half points. Thank goodness the donkey was there. Whoa. <laughs> what was that? Whoa. Explain yourself. Sorry, you got caught up in something. I've been irritated about the news today because that didn't pass, pass, and everybody's saying it's going well, What happened then? It goes from the, where's the, I'm just a bill. You know what I'm talking about? It goes uh, from the Senate passed it. It now goes to the House. And House Democrats are saying they have to pass the I'm just a bill. $3.2 trillion thing before they'll pass the infrastructure. Up your own capital. Yeah, deal. yeah, that one. So it's got to go to the Senate. Real quick here, uh, we were discussing off the uh, off the air who the best running backs of the 2000s were. I found a list from Fan Buzz, whatever that is. Okay. And their answer was Ladanian Tomlinson. Well, that's a good answer. But I don't know how old this is because Austin's answer isn't even on here. So. AP. It must be this must be 2000 to 2010. Because Austin thought, uh, although this was written in 2020, Austin thought Adrian Peterson. But this is the list: ten Ricky Williams, nine Clinton Portis. Eight, Amon Green. Seven, Fred Taylor. Six, Priest Holmes. Five, Jamal Lewis. Four, Sean Alexander. Three, Tiki Barker, Barber. Two, Edger and James. Led, uh, one, Ladini Tomlinson. But that has to be 2000 to 2010, right? Yeah, I would imagine. Because Marshawn Lynch isn't on there. You would think he'd be on any Lynch list like that, wouldn't you? Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. And Adrian Peterson, of course. Who are we missing? Who's been... Let us know. At Jake Scott's own, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. Who's been the best NFL running back from 2000 to 2020? My answer was that Ladanian Tomlinson, but I think that's arguable. Last running back to win MVP was AP. Okay. And he won it back-to-back years, didn't he? All right, there's a feather in the cap, although yeah. he hasn't won much. Oh, no, he didn't. It was Aaron Rodgers the year before that, but he did win it, though. Certainly the role of the running backs has changed, changed a lot. Because, well, what brought this up? We were watching Barry Sanders' highlights here. We've got ESPN in the background, and we had this debate between Barry and Walter Payton and who did what better. But it certainly has changed because there's not that Barry Sanders or Walter Payton or Emmett Smith, even for that matter, in the two, from 2000 on. Or it doesn't feel that way. Mm, it may feel that way. I, I don't know. I'm not, you know, these, these are the kinds of discussions – you're just never completely sure. You know, it's like when we that we started this conversation, Barry Sanders was the best I ever saw, in my opinion. But, I mean, sweetness was sweet. But I think both of them were way better than any of the backs we were talking about, I, including LT, who I think really, was amazing. Because you think that would be the case if— if uh, the current running backs had the same role? Great question. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure myself, to tell you the truth. But uh, all I know is that Barry Sanders was an awful lot of fun. And, and I go back a long way, Jake, because I'm so old. But I, I remember watching Gail Sayers run. I remember watching Mike Garrett run. I, I remember these old school dudes who were so impactful, you know, Emmett Smith, would you uh, consider him one of the best ever? I mean, he certainly gained a lot of yardage, but he he had the best offensive line in all of football in front of him. You have to put him in the Barry conver- didn't have that. Oh, you'd have to put him in the conversation. I don't know if he was the if he's the answer, but I mean, he had the production. I remember watching Earl Campbell run and just go, "You can't do that. How does a human being do that? You just run right over people." Hans- and John Riggins. Yeah. Hans is going to join us coming up next. Stay tuned. We'll get to his thoughts on what's going on at uh, Ute and Cougar camps. But let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic. He's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, let's help our listeners with their love lives. That's right, guys. If you're out there struggling in the bedroom, a little bit frustrated, this impacts uh, the relationship and maybe even life, happiness, intimacy, of course. And Wasatch Medical has helped a lot of guys. The best part of my job is I grab guys occasionally as they're leaving the clinic. They finish the treatments and ask them how they're doing. And it's such a sense of relief for them to not have to take the pill. There's so much stress behind this issue. Probably doesn't help the ED, frankly. The stress adds to it. And they can perform like they used to. Our technology is clinically proven to repair the blood vessels and improve circulation. It does it pretty quickly in two to three weeks. And guys can get rid of the pill. Uh, so whether you feel too young, too old, too healthy, or too sick, 
We have seen it all and seen great results uh, in getting guys back to normal function in the bedroom. That's got to be the big appeal, right? Normal function, spontaneity, back to how it once was. That's right. All those days we took for granted when you didn't have to think about things, when you didn't have to pre-plan, take a pill, deal with side effects. That, and as far as I know, it's actually the only technology that can restore that. The pills don't do it. The needles don't do it. Surgery certainly doesn't do it. Uh, this is the only technology that treats the root cause problem of erectile dysfunction. 801-901-8000. That is the number to call. 801-901-8000. Get on that schedule and uh, find out if this is a good fit, right? That's right. And even if you're on the fence about it, not sure, you can come in and say no. A lot of guys do that. Take the free. Uh, it's an exam, basically the screening process with our doctor, plus a blood flow ultrasound, uh, totally free. You'll get a gift that produces powerful results in the bedroom, and guys really like that. That's worth the trip. If you feel a little lethargic, blood work and testosterone is included right now to new patients at Wasatch Medical. This is all totally free. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. That's our buddy Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Again, 801-901-8000. Uh, Hans Olsen next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Time to chat with Max Tooley. Give us a story or two about your mission. Something that was unique about my mission was I was assigned to speak Mandarin on my mission. Wow. So yeah, it was quite the you know the tall order. Got to serve in different areas where uh, you know where specific you know Chinese students would be. I loved my mission. That Mandarin's going to serve you well down the line for sure. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. We appreciate your time and thanks for joining us. Hey, uh, uh, Max Wani. Hawaii, huh? Yeah. All right, man. I'll see you later. I know a little Mandarin. Look at you. You okay. just Googled that. No, I did not. I know Hawaii means I love you. Because... You just told Max Tooley I love you? Yeah, well, yeah, now that I think about it, I did. That's a little awkward. He said it back, though. Oh, this is uncomfortable. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.